0: In this super special mini bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about 1995 being the quintessential 90s year, turning off the writer brain, and bringing the calm back to rom-com in our chat with Maureen Gu, author of the brand new book Throwback that comes out April 11th. (laughs) Yay! <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors and voice actors full of spoilers. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Claire. And today we're going to chat with Maureen Goo about Throwback that's releasing on April 11th. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. <sighs> Claire, I don't know this? what
0: we're gonna do about another non-spoilery mini-episode of the show. We're so bad at spoilers. It's fine.
1: It's fine. We'll be alright. We can do this together.
2: You can manage. I believe in you.
0: Thanks. Thank you.
2: Thanks. We need that.
0: We need that. It might be
2: that. misplaced faith, but I'll take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're so excited, Maureen, that you joined us to talk about Throwback that comes out next week. We're so, so excited. So you have to tell us all about your book without Mm -hmm. being spoilery. What do you want everyone to know about Throwback going into it? It's a challenge.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna show you guys the book again while I talk about it. Um, Throwback is, we'll see, it's about Samantha, who is a high school senior who doesn't get along with her mother, Priscilla and they get into this huge fight and after the fight she takes a ride share to school um and then finds herself in 1995 going to high school with her mom priscilla who is a high school senior as well so she thinks that she is there to help her mom win homecoming queen and um try and is going to try and get back to present day by you know um making this mission uh impossible happen but of course she's going to learn things along the way and maybe not everything is as it seems and um. oh yes there is a little time-crossed romance in it too oh. for those interested in that sort of thing
0: that's so fun <laughs> oh, i'm so glad that no it's spoilers, 1990 right? yeah no spoilers <laughs> I'm so glad that it's 1995 though, because my my butterfly was... clips and my really thin eyebrows, are and your
2: perfect. and your dark lip,
0: my dark
1: lips, <laughs> it's perfect. Amanda, I said this earlier. I, I don't know how much of a good idea it was for us to regress so far.
0: I know. <laughs> Going so far back into the. I movies. love it. I
2: actually am really glad you guys are wearing 1995 gear. And you're right. 1995 was um initially this book was earlier it was going to be 1993 and that was a little harder for me fashion and music wise i was kind of like it's just two years but actually is a big difference pop culturally um and you know i i am kind of priscilla's age i'm a little younger than her so my memories of 1993 were like really hazy but 1995 i was firmly about to be a teenager so i remember a lot of that stuff and like the music and everything that was happening was way more in my opinion way more fun yeah yeah
1: yeah i think i think there's a few books um when they're set in 1990 in the 90s they kind of get that cusp of 1995 because there's so many cultural changes there's so many movies that come out there's so much music that comes out that everybody just goes yes this is quintessentially the 90s to me yeah
2: Yeah. And it's interesting if you do like time, like you do historical research, a lot of like fashion um, in the early, like so early 90s actually still looks very 80s. And if you go to early 80s, early 80s looks very 70s. Um, It's just like a thing where like the fashion doesn't quite get into the quintessential, like iconic looks of that decade, you know, for a while. So yeah, getting into 1995 was much better. And it was just like god so much fun
0: (laughs) okay so your typical novel writing style is contemporary ya so how does it feel to throw in some sci-fi slash time travel like are you gonna do it more and you have to say yes that's the only answer to that question
2: (laughs) um yeah i mean i i approach this like okay i am not like a sci-fi writer, you know, that's just not my thing. I'm not that savvy with um thinking that hard. (laughs) Um but I love like a speculative twist. Um and I really like there I feel like there are a lot of movies that do this and there are some books too where like there is something magical and unexplained and you don't have to get that deep into the you know technicalities behind it or the logistics and you just have to like go with God with the story. So Um, For me, Throwback was like, it's very much inspired by Back to the Future, obviously, if you hear the premise, that's like the first thing that comes to mind. And Back to the Future was, it was sci-fi, but it was mostly just like a fun, um, you know, movie with like this magical element. And, you know, so that's kind of my inspiration, which is like, I like contemporary stories rooted in reality with like a twist. So. Your my answer to your question is yes. I do want to write more um books like that because I had so much fun with this, but I it's also a genre that I just have I love reading and um watching. So it's kind of like I think I I just really love these kind of stories and I am happy to consider writing more like that is that's so fun. Is that how I... you approach doing silk then
1: when you did the, the silk one for Marvel? Because superheroes are a bit sci-fi-ish but
2: it's grounded yes. within
1: in reality
2: yeah and especially um you know spider the spider-man spider-verse is what they call it now um i've always loved uh spider-man he was always my favorite peter parker was my favorite comic book character he was like my first entry into comics other than um like Archie and Betty and Veronica because but here's my entry into superheroes because I used to read this is going to age me (laughs) or like date me I guess but um I used to read the comic strips of the Amazing Spider-Man and it was like they're kind of soapy you know like soapy and um Yes, there's superhero stuff, but it was always about Peter's kind of, like, issues. (laughs) He had a lot of issues. He had a romance, you know. He had a real strong—and he was kind of YA, too, if, you know, you start from high school. So I really love superhero stuff in general. It's really fun. I love an origin story. I love action movies, too. So it is kind of right up my alley, even though it wouldn't seem so obvious because I write these, like, very contemporary YA books. Um, So when I was asked to write Silk— I jumped at the chance because of so many reasons. One, I've always wanted to write a comic. Two, it's a Marvel comic, it's very cool. I know that world very well. Um, And three, Silk is in the Spider-Verse and she is Korean American. So I was just like, sure. Um, And yeah, writing a Marvel comic actually came very easily to me because I think like a lot of us, we consume a lot of this stuff. And so we don't realize that we've kind of like, uh, made ourselves experts on—I mean, not experts. I'm not going to claim to be an expert, but we—we we have all kind of like absorbed these stories, and we kind of know what a, a comic superhero story entails now. And so, I was surprised by how the story kind of flowed out of me. Um, but like, my specialty again is writing like very grounded um, stories with like drama and character stuff and relationships. So. I had a lot of fun incorporating that into my comic with, um, a lot of humor and, you know, family things and friendship. And like, I have kind of like a romance in there. And so, um, you know, I just really, I think you're right. Like writing a comic is not full on sci-fi, but it's like being able to put a sprinkling of that in a very fun kind of, you know, you just have this fun, like relationship story packaged as a superhero story. sounds like it's dipping your toes into a different genre but within
1: the safety yes net of what you're used to
2: yeah and i i think like you know i that that's my comfort zone but i do have like a love and an interest in expanding and like keep writing in in genre actually nice water
1: (laughs) i'm allowed Hydration Uh, is important.
0: It is very important. It is, everybody. Everyone, drink some water right now. Except for me, because I don't have any in here right now. Oh, no. I know. I'm so disappointed in myself. (laughs) Uh, So I just read Somewhere Only We Know, Mm. and it was amazingly precious. I loved like the insta love that happened and just how powerful the transformation was from lucky being lucky and then becoming cat at the end and like it was just amazing. So how how does Throwback compare to like your regular typical sweet YA romances?
2: Um I there is a pretty sweet romance in in Throwback there's a boy that she meets in the past named Jamie not a spoiler you, you meet him um and <laughs> i i love a, you know i love a time cross romance you know where so here's the thing in romance people love um you need a reason for the two people to not be able to just get together on page 1 right there has to be some sort of obstacle um and a lot of it, like that's the joy and pain of reading a romance, right? Because you're like, yes, OK, for some reason, it's like they cannot get together. And a lot of times you're like, oh, my God, why don't they j- like literally just have one conversation that will solve all of Preach. your problems? pretty much? But, but, you know, I get it. As a writer, I'm like, you have to create these, uh, sometimes you have to create these total nonsense obstacles and you just have to be like, come on, just stay with me. Stay with me. Um, in time, like a time travel romance, it's like the obstacle is real, you know? It is huge. It's um time and it's space. It's not just out of state, is it? It's like yeah. a long distance yeah, relationship. It's, it's not just like a family secret or one of you for some nonsense reason doesn't want a boyfriend or girlfriend and is being all strict with yourself about it for no reason. This like... <laughs> I probably shouldn't (laughs) fall for a guy that is 43 years old in my present day. Um, So I love that, the angst that just inherently comes with a time cross romance. And, you know, um, somewhere only we know you have these two kids, essentially, who the romance is, for me, the best romance and the romance I always write is um, something about the other person makes them better and helps them on their character journey right because that's always even like a straight romance which somewhere only we know was kind of like my most straightforward romance um the characters have other things going on that isn't related to the romance and their the romance is what helps them figure their shit out for lack of a better word (laughs) so that's you know definitely happens in throwback um and i try to do that with every every romance i write so, I, I feel can. like you get the.
1: I get the impression that as you're writing it, you go on and we doing this romance. Oh, it's great! It's great. Oh man, I've got to throw something in the path, and <laughs> you're torn between writer and reader, and you yeah, have this internal battle with yourself.
2: <laughs> I know, but you know, as a writer, you find yourself doing all the stuff that drives readers crazy, and you're like, Ha-ha-ha. it's <laughs> just, just a <laughs> sick compulsion. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know and it's crazy to me because I have been writing for so long, but I still love reading romance and all sorts of books like purely as a reader, I have somehow maintained the ability to turn off my writer brain when I read books that like, and I think that's why I love romance and genre fiction so much because you get sucked in in like a a pure joy and a love way. So it makes it easy for me to turn off that critical, you know, whereas I think if you if I'm writing, if I'm reading like straight contemporary or straight literary fiction, I tend to be a little more analytical and critical and I don't get to that space of just reading for pleasure. And so I that's why I ever since I became a published author, I read so much romance and like fantasy and sci fi and all this stuff because it really just manages to turn off the critical voices in my brain.
0: Wow! Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So cool. Um, So <laughs> let's talk about your book titles because I noticed a trend in all of your book titles that they're song, like, song lyrics or song titles, but this one I don't think is. So There's no point
1: asking me. You know my, my music know, really just rubbish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Claire's just going to zone out for a few minutes. But like... <laughs> <laughs> is this is this like a I'm writing in a new genre sort of thing so now I have a new sort of title theme or is it just because it's fun
2: Um yeah so I do the last 3 books I wrote uh have titles that are song titles. So it's I believe in a thing called Love, which is a song by The Darkness. The best song ever. I love
0: ever. that song so I, much. I know that yeah. one. I know that one. Yes, it's a
2: great yeah, you know it, yay. <laughs> um I think that was kind of their one hit wonder, but it's uh,
1: totally worth it. Um No I'm not in the UK. He's still going. He did the New Year's thing on BBC.
2: Oh he did? Oh yeah. I forget. Like in different countries, people are not just one hit wonders. Like I know Jamiroquai was a one hit wonder in the US, but huge in Europe. Um, so, yeah, so, I believe in a thing called love the way you make me feel, which is a Michael Jackson song and um, somewhere only we know, which is a song by Travis, which is kind of like an obscure song that I didn't think many people would know. But so many people. Um... Wait, it is by Travis, right? Yes. Um, It is a song that people really love and know. Um, Now I'm nervous it's not by Travis. It is. I get some of these, like, early aughts um, indie bands mixed up. But Lily Allen also did a beautiful cover of that song for um, the soundtrack to uh, The Little Prince. Anywho, uh, (laughs) it's kind of a fluke that they're all, um, so, so the first, I believe in a thing called love was, I had such a hard time with that title, like my publisher and editor and I kept going back and forth and we had all these titles. And then finally I'm like, Oh my God, I love this song so much and it makes me feel so happy. So it's kind of like a shortcut to a good feeling if you know the song, but also it really does perfectly exemplify the main character's like personality. Um, and so it's the way you make me feel when I was thinking of a title for that, I was like, well, why don't I just stick to like a song title? Because it was such a fun kind of a fun experiment. And then it was like, OK, for Summerlin, like we know I'm going to have another song title. But that one, like the title came to me even like b- maybe before the plot of that book. Oh, wow. So it was super easy to think of. And then basically it's been four years between Summerlin, like we know and this book, which seems crazy to say, but You know the pandemic, like time has passed, and um, I kind of wanted a reset. This is this book is yeah a different kind of book. Um, You know, there's a bit of a that the speculative element. Um, It's also with a different publisher, and so I just felt like it's kind of a fresh, like a restart. So I just thought, okay, let's like, because the original title was "If I Could Turn Back Time," which is the share song. Oh my god what a good um, choice <laughs> I know it's also a great choice but I was like you know what let's like start new let's have a new title and it also my titles because their song titles are so long that they're kind of a pain like every time I have to type it out I was like I kind of want like an easy one
1: word title
2: <laughs> um, and throwback is the just- next book Was just be one letter <laughs> yeah it's just going to be like cute Um <laughs> But yeah, this is um, the name of... Throwback is the name of the ride share. It's called Throwback Rides. So I thought that was a fun way, fun way to do it. Oh, that's you fun. never know. The theme might now be like
1: 80s and 90s movie references. So this is back to the future, obviously, kind of theme. The next one could be something... You could go down the horror route and go down Scream.
0: You know oh,
2: that would be fun. i know i'm too much of a waney i don't watch horror stuff however i think i could write a really good one because my brain is so messed up the reason why like i'm scared of stuff is because my imagination runs wild so i kind of think that i could write a really good horror because i have some messed up anxieties and fears and i'll just like channel that we
1: believe in you and we, we will read do. it. Horror
2: is our
0: yes.
1: number Ho- one.
0: Yeah, horror is, is our it? favorite thing. Is it? you guys thing. love horror?
2: Ooh. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite horror movie you've seen lately?
0: Um, I The most recent one I watched was Scream 6. Oh, I that heard was, that
2: was really good.
0: It was really good. It yeah. was. I, You know, I was I ready for it to be. I mean, it. it's the sixth one. I was ready for it to, you know.
2: Right. It's just like too much.
0: But, but no, yeah. they did a great job with it. So that's probably my favorite one that I've watched recently because it's the one that I watched recently.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But I heard it was good. I, I couldn't watch Yeah, since
0: it was it. really good.
1: Mm. I have a list of all the movies I've watched for the last 10 years, so I could tell you. Oh that. my gosh. Um, <laughs> horror? Mm, I don't think Knockin' the Cabin or Cocaine Bear classes, does it? They're not horror, but...
0: on the Cabin was weird.
1: Habit the book was it did. I have issues about the movie because the book was much. I heard the book oof. is really good. The book depressed the crap out of me, it was brilliant. Um, mm. the last actual horror I watched was Scream. Oh, okay, ready to go and see Scream 6, but didn't get the chance to go and see Scream 6. Yet. Oh, okay,
2: well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will write a horror one day, but we'll oh, see. We will, <laughs> I, we I'm will be for the race.
0: first. We will buy the first <laughs> copies. We will be there. it, it is um, cheesy
1: horror month this uh, theme this month on fictional hangover. So yes, yeah.
0: Um. And we just read an extremely nineties horror. Oh, go which ahead, one? Claire. Show it off. Horoscope.
2: Horoscope. I love that cover. Oh, it's so. This was the.
1: This is the book from my childhood.
2: Who's the author?
1: It's it's classed as Nicholas Adams, but the publishers mm-hmm. used it like as a ghostwriting name, so it could be anybody. Oh, I see. I see. I love it. it I love movie. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, we learned for our podcast episode about it that they're like it's it's been in production as a horror, like as a movie and they wrapped production no. the end of last year. So hopefully it's coming sometime soon. We didn't oh, okay. realize that when we picked the book and started talking about it, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so essentially, happen. if you write the horror, we will come. You've got okay. to guarantee. No. I already we have will two. I
0: have two readers. Yes. Two guaranteed. super fans ready to go.
1: however if you want to keep doing sci-fi as well because i'm always on the lookout for good sci-fi i'm there
0: yeah yeah and you know also like contemporary ya romance is not our favorite thing but claire i know that you haven't read her books but we should read her books and talk about them on the podcast because Uh oh my gosh you're so funny you're so funny the book was hilarious so (laughs) yeah
2: um i like to say i want to i think we need to bring the calm back in rom-com oh. <laughs> um, yes yes yeah i, I people Let's have about this on twitter but oh. things are just miss miscategorized as rom-coms man i'm like i think you just mean romance because <laughs> rom-coms need to be funny <laughs> yes and it's okay if you're not funny just call it romance you know I, I couldn't agree more. It
1: annoys the life out of me. If you're gonna have if you're gonna put comedy in, give me some laughs. <laughs>,
0: <laughs> so it funny. demands laughs And I demand um, it. Claire, something else about Maureen's books is that uh, when you read them, you're hungry at the end. So oh, is no. is throwback the same? Am I gonna want to eat everything after <laughs> I finish? Throwback.
2: I some hmm. 90s a food court food i mentioned oh in here God. um and oh. like hot dog on a stick it makes a hot big dog food.
0: on a stick oh that's the best
2: yeah. right it's you americans best. are weird i know we love a food court food hot dog on a stick is basically a corn dog um oh, wow. dog, i don't like corn dogs yeah they're delicious um and i've got some korean food i mentioned because there's a lot of like she goes to her grandmother's house to eat and then, you know, she goes in the past and she eats her food at her mom's house. Um, and it just, you know, I really wanted to put in some like authentic elements of like what Korean kids are eating um, in the 90s that they you know, family and I love Korean food like I always loved it. Um, and so it's like, really, I love having an opportunity to talk about food because I love food. Um, <laughs> So yeah people often tell me like oh my god like you spend a lot of time on food i'm like well you know where my priorities are (laughs) food's important food is important i love it when a book makes me hungry i know i love fantasy novels that describe really good food you know even though it's like they're trying to pretend like it's otherworldly food i'm like this you know it's just like some like stewed meat in a you know just like yum on like a crust of bread
1: you -hmm. need to read legends and lattes by travis baldry because you will just need croissants Mm -hmm. and biscotti Mm -hmm. and a nice cup of coffee or Mm -hmm. hot bean juice (laughs) (laughs) all the way through it's a high fantasy low stakes book set in a coffee shop with lots of baked goods it's delicious
2: It's one of the reasons why I love reading British mysteries because they're always having tea and I'm like, oh, I just want to like, or like a scone with tea. I'm like, I just want tea time in the US. I wish that was a thing we did. I wish it was more often than the UK, to be fair. I do have scones downstairs. I just, and I do have jam. I just don't have cream. I just feel like British people always have a delicious slice of cake somewhere. (laughs) You know, that's how I'm making cake tomorrow. Yeah, I am making a chocolate cake tomorrow, so yes, damn am a a
1: (laughs) British stereotype.
2: (laughs) You're a cake culture, and that is not the uh, US way. It's only for special occasions here. No, we don't fry
1: as much food, I don't think, either.
0: Oh, everything here is fried. Mm
1: -hmm. But it's delicious, though. It is. (laughs)
0: It's so good. (laughs) Why do you deep
1: fry butter? Who deeps fries butter? That's just weird. Carnies at the state fair yeah yes. i think
2: it's just they do it because they can
0: right <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what i said claire the last time we were talking about fried foods like why because you can i'm pretty <laughs> sure those are, those are exact words well,
2: really
1: sure. not... <laughs> as an overweight person i'm disgusted
2: <laughs> it's if it's i'm disgusted heart, then it's wrong you know? just not good for your heart but it's, it's good for the soul <laughs> yes. okay
1: yeah I'll, I'll grant you soul food that's fine i don't mm. mind that <laughs> i just worry you don't have free health care i'm concerned you for america
2: you should be the consequences are everywhere here yeah
0: definitely i would love some free health care i keep telling life. you to come over what a concept i know mm-hmm. No, it's just Psycho. novel it's a novel thing Yeah, I'm
2: prioritizing things like that but instead whatever let's not get into it oh
0: That's gosh go. no no, and, <laughs> no. We,
2: we have soapboxes at the ready it's, we do <laughs>
0: it's not i concerned. i will always yell about stupid decisions made by politicians mm-hmm. always so yep.
2: right now we're really living in the
0: craziest
2: dystopian moment in america yes we you. are
0: i live in speaking of time so you should come and join yes Uh, but let's
2: i have a a really good friend who lives there too yeah yeah keep fighting the good fight (laughs) (sighs) i'm in california i don't even call my senators what's the point they all agree with me (laughs) how dare you that's refreshing how dare you Uh, that's not true you should still call them just fyi people even if you live in a the state where you agree with the politics, the pressure is still important. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Back to books.
0: Yes, back to, um, <laughs> let's see, this, you said dystopian future, So, and then Claire tried to segue. She tried to save us. She tried well, to segue I, into time, I tra- into think time travel,
1: travel tropes. She we tried. time travel quite nicely. You regressed a bit too far you went to the 1880s can we come back to like the 1980s the 1990s perhaps (laughs) unless unless you want to go back for that because you know let's face it Back to the Future 3 did go back to the Wild West
2: it did I
0: love Back to the Future 3
2: yeah actually that one
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the second one's my favourite but I love all of them they're all good. I think they're just they're all, all so they're
1: just good all one good. big movie. You just sit down. If you're gonna do watch Back to the Future, you watch all three. Yeah. At once. You watch all three. And use the credit rolling as a time to go to pee. Yes.
0: <laughs> and to get more yeah. fried foods and cake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cake, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's your favorite time travel movie or book or both? Um well, yes, my favorite movie is probably back to the future
2: but I also really love um it's not technically time travel but like time loop stuff and I love um the edge of tomorrow the Tom Cruise Emily Blunt yes yes yeah that movie I could watch a million times the feelings the the tone how funny it is like kind of the goosebump feeling of the twists and turns that that movie makes that's kind of like that's what I love about time travel. Um but yeah, back to the future, classic, the best, the blueprint of all tra- time travel stuff, uh, modern-day time travel. Um and then books, I love um Time Travel Time Traveler's Wife. The adaptations have been not the have not been as good as the book. Um but Time Traveler's Wife is so good. You know, I haven't read it since whenever it came out. So I'm sure there are things that are problematic about it, but like, let me have my thing, okay? Um, and it's so romantic, and it's so like the time travel stuff. It's just like such a sweeping romance. Um, and then um, I don't know if this is a spoiler to call it time travel, time travel, but it's a theme throughout the whole book. Um, it's a middle grade novel by Rebecca Stead, When You Reach Me. I love it that is- book so much. Oh, <laughs> it is the best. Rebecca Stead, she actually... She blurbed my book, and I was, like, I, I like, when I got the blurb, I almost passed out because I'm, like, you've written one of the best, one of my favorite books of all time.
0: I love Um, that book.
2: Oh, Oh, and he has to put stuff in his
0: mouth when he time travels because he doesn't have any clothes. Oh, my God. I love that book. I didn't know that anyone else, like, even knew what it was. Oh, my
2: gosh. Yeah. So those are some. But I love, you know, there's just so much stuff. I love multiverse stuff i love time loop stuff i love you know like i love loki the new marvel show um yes. if you put time travel in something i'll be like mm. and my friend actually is my old prom date and friend he is the lead actor in the new quantum leap reboot what? um I Love quantum leap yeah oh, that's so i know cool.
1: yeah ray that's a theme tune in my head now thank you God,
2: <laughs> I know, the original Quantum Leap, I loved it when I was a kid. And so um, it's just so awesome that my friend gets to be in the new Quantum Leap. So I just love, you know, the one thing I haven't watched of time travel related, and I know I have to, but it intimidates me because there's so many is Doctor Who. But I'm gonna (sighs)
1: gonna
2: enter the Doctor Who. People told me like, here are the episodes you should watch because not all of them are, you know, that fun. So someone gave me like their curated list of episodes and I'm going to watch them. I would oh. just say watch the Matt Smith years, but that's it.
1: What about David Tennant? Oh No, okay, yeah. David Tennant, Matt Smith. <laughs> Chris Eccleston. <laughs> I, I argue that Billy Piper did not make a good companion because Rose just pissed me off. She was so freaking angsty. And mm. then Peter Capaldi was... Not done justice. He could have been the aging rocker, and then they only just started to get to that near the end, and then the, the ruined it. The just mm. it wasn't wasn't well written. Early years, yeah. Stick to the early years. Okay, I will do that. I would say. It. I remember watching it when I was little, the Sylvester McCoy years, because obviously British is the only thing we ever watched Doctor Who when I was little, and it really yeah. scared me. <laughs> like I was literally hanging, us hiding behind the sofa. So we're going back to the 90s. It's fine. Um, Terrified, absolutely terrified of Doctor Who when I was little to
2: the point where my mom said, no, you're not allowed to watch it anymore. Isn't it so funny what creeps you out when you're a kid? Like so many random things creep me out too, like um, gremlins I hated. Even E.T. scared me so much when I was a kid. And then, you know, now as an adult, E.T. is so good. But I, I look at, I still get that feeling of like, yeah. Mm. You know, when the men in the hazmat suits show up, and like when E.T. is dehydrated and like dying in the creek, those moments really freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what's imprinted on you as
1: a kid. Like, yeah, it never As le- I've grown up, Gremlins is fine. I'm happy with that. But as I've gotten older, I've realized how much of a horror story Gremlins really is. <laughs> It's horrific. Yes, and I, I like it for that. <laughs> yes, because you like that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: When I was a kid, it was Large Marge from Pee-Wee's Big Adventure that scared oh, the me. Bajist- I was scooped out, creeped out by Pee-Wee,
2: actually. <laughs> I was okay. like, this is weird. And you know, I wasn't wrong. It was weird. But um But You're yeah, gave long me, long it, long. I was I remember thinking like this makes me feel funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> peewee wasn't really a thing
1: over here so i'm busy googling large marge and my god
0: oh uh, large marge weird
1: puppet thing with large eyes yeah that, uh, is- so
0: when i was a kid my um, we used to watch peewee all the time we watched peewee's big adventure like i ruined that vhs tape but <laughs> when it got to the large marge part i would always cover my eyes until it passed and one time my sister who is almost eight years older than i am was like amanda it's fine i've it, it's over now you can open up your eyes and that bitch had paused the screen oh no on large marge's googly eyes that and is such I, a sister move <laughs> i know it was terrible so she scarred me for life. you know that's a it's- childhood
2: trauma right there I I now I'm a mom and I have a toddler. He's only two and a half, but he does randomly get scared of the most, you know, like, he'll be like, no, I don't want to watch that. Like, he'll like run to me. There's like something he's scared of. And I'm like, okay, like for some reason, this like weird cartoon character with like a butterfly net is freaking you out. Um, (laughs) You know, so like, I just, you can see how kids just, there's something like, elemental or something that really freaks him out. And you and I have to respect it. Cause I'm like, I remember when I was a kid, it was a real fear. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna force you to watch it or be like, it's not scary. I'm like, you have a legitimate bodily reaction to this weird cartoon and we will not watch it.
0: There That's was how something you should that
2: my son
1: your... used to do it and we used to go, right, look away. Okay, you can yeah. look back out.
2: Yeah. Lately, I can't he, even remember what it was. Lately he's scared of the blue recycle bin in her front yard. <laughs> Which used to be his favorite thing. FYI, I made him a blue recycle bin costume for Halloween because he loved it so much. But now he's scared of it. So I'm like, okay, every time we walk by it, close your eyes. And he closes his eyes. That's, that's weird. That's and so their brains are doing the wildest things, you know?
0: That's what I want you to base your horror movie on is everything that your tiny child is afraid of. And just, yeah, I would the- I'm gonna be like,
2: and then a blue trash bin <laughs>
1: came out. And no. I would be like, oh. Mm.
0: <laughs> Legitimate.
1: Legitimate. Amanda can't say anything. She doesn't like the, she gets like freaked out by tinkling bell sounds.
0: I'm afraid of wind chimes. Well, Leave me alone. I have a friend <laughs>
2: who is freaked out by wind chimes too. What?
0: I've never met He says that at their, all their all.
2: On- Yeah. She's like, something bad's going to happen when you hear wind chimes. I'm like,
0: what? It's called the wind. (laughs) Yeah. The wind is bringing something terrifying. I'm oh, I've never met anyone else who's afraid of wind chimes. She's
2: really creeped out by wind chimes and birds.
0: (laughs) Birds, I'm okay with. Birds, I agree.
2: Oh, no, I do not like birds. No, Claire
0: is terrified of birds. Is your friend like some sort of weird amalgamation of me and Claire? It's just, it's just us put together. Does she
1: like fried food and cake? <laughs> I'm sure she likes both. Well,
0: <laughs> your friend is
1: us. We've never That's been in the same true. room together, so I think we must That's just true be.
2: you. guys are just like pro- Astral projecting a version of both of you. We are.
0: Hard. We are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um,. We should probably get back to talking about throwback. Uh, so what do you want readers to take away from the book after they finish it? Oh gosh,
2: you know, I this is one of those questions where I'm like, obviously I have my my wishes and hopes, but I also just kind of like want to leave it to the reader. Like, you know what? Like you have fun with this book. I don't want to force you to like read this book more meaningfully than it, than you than your experience. However, obviously, so I wrote this book very much inspired it's like a mother-daughter book you know there's a lot of fun time trouble and like the romance but like the heart of the book is this journey between this mother and daughter and i wrote it because i had like a fraught relationship with my mom when i was a teenager and i just the idea of being able to understand your mom when you're a teenager is very um you know super compelling to me and i feel like um a lot it's a universal thing you know people just don't always get a especially daughters it's like daughter mother relationships are very fraught and complicated and um i just hope that you know i talk a lot about also intergenerational um experiences too like so sam's mom is the daughter of a korean immigrant and so her mom priscilla is the is like a the first generation korean american and then sam is second and so i kind of you know and i wrote this during before the pandemic started and before I was pregnant and then I ended up finishing it like in the middle of the pandemic after I had a baby and so something shifted in my worldview you know after going through 2020 with all of its wild stuff happening all the you know Asian hate crimes Black Lives Matter like the way our country responded to a pandemic I just felt this like, what is the American dream, right? Like, what do people come to this country for? And is it good or bad to be further removed from that? You know, the more generations you go and like, what happens to what happens to like that immigrant ethos? Like, what's my kid's relationship to Korea and his grandmother and being an immigrant going to be like, he's just going to be so far removed from that. And so, you know i really explored that too the idea of like what it means to be an immigrant and what happens what do you lose what do you gain every time you're removed from that experience and it makes it sound super deep and heavy um i'm just trying to do a lot of things in a fun way so it's not like i'm like writing an essay about this topic but it is something that i i really wanted to explore and i really want and I, my headspace was in a very thoughtful space when shit was going down in this country and it's still happening so um you know what are we fighting for what do people come to this country for what do they actually get you know and um what does it mean to be American what does it mean to be an immigrant um and so that's super important It is. yeah you know and I feel like in this day and age obviously we're seeing it happen in real life with the politics in this country like empathy everybody talks about that's why we write stories you know like I remember one time this was a long time ago too it was like 10 12 years ago I was feeling despair about the country the world and my friend was like and she's a writer and she said I know it seems like our jobs are not that important because you know we're not like actively saving the world or anything but like we're putting our values and our views of the world in our stories and that's like it's the best way to reach people especially kids i'm writing for teens supposedly but obviously a lot of adults read my books too um and so it's a very like privileged position to be able to kind of spread what i think is important and that's throwback has all of that in it and all my books do i always put in like what do i think is actually important at the end of the day um and you know human connections and community and and empathy and you know, really going for your dreams and being a good person, you know, all this stuff, all those themes are always kind of floating around in my books.
1: It sounds like to me it's great for representation for that immigrant story and for non-immigrants and especially like, you know, white people pointing to myself to read those (laughs) stories, to understand Yeah, and and that's what beauty of fiction it's there is always a grounding in reality but that's what you're doing as a writer and that's what your friend's saying you know it's
2: super important to be able to
1: show people
2: yeah sharing different stories exposing yourself to all sorts of viewpoints and experiences and you know it's just obviously I always the number one goal of my books is to be fun like that's truly you know I know what it's like to be a reader you just want to like be immersed and like, enjoy the story. But um, as a writer, you know, I try to be thoughtful about, you know, this goes out to a lot of people, and especially teens and kids, younger kids often read YA actually. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm mindful of that, you know, I do feel a responsibility as well. And it's something that I don't see as a burden. It's very like, to me, it's a privilege.
0: You never know what people are going to take from your books either. Like something that could yeah. could be a throwaway line to you could change someone else's world. So that's, yeah. that's why I like to read. That's why I'm a librarian. Like I have to put books in well, hands of people who need them. Yeah. Okay. It's
2: never underestimate what stories and books can do.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: I love reading.
0: I know. (laughs) We love books. I love reading them.
1: I love collecting them.
0: You too. Look at my crazy wall. I love it. I would
1: show you what's behind, but nobody would see that.
0: (laughs) Okay, so... Even though this is a super special mini bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, it wouldn't be an episode of Fictional Hangover if we didn't ask a would-you-rather question because we always play would-you-rather with every single episode. Mm-hmm. Claire, do you want to yes. ask our would-you-rather question?
1: Okay, so we are not being spoilery with this. Okay. But our would-you-rather question is would you rather be friends with your parent now or
2: when they were in high school. In high school. For sure. I mean, I know my parents now. So it's like, all right, there's no mystery. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I'm their daughter. I'm not really their friend. We we do not have a, we're friends, a parent-child relationship. No way. They are firmly my parents. So in a way, what would that be like, right? To be friends with them. However... It's just you cannot give up the chance to be friends with the teenage version of your parents. Like I really do think I would get along with my mom as a teenager because we are very similar. That's kind of like why we fought so much. But um I think that my mom would have been fun and like we would have understood each other. So um my dad, who knows? My dad's a kind of a question mark. He's kind of a weirdo. So that would be interesting too. I'd probably fight with my dad a <laughs> lot. I'd be like, you're being sexist and weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Like, uh, It'd be like a, a man and a straight man in the 70s or whatever, right? Like, be hard. <laughs>
0: oh. My dad, like, rode dirt bikes and, like, crashed them all mm. the time when he was a teenager. So I would really like to experience that. You know, now he's cool. he's just you know a retired guy growing a garden, which is That's super fun. Like, too. Yeah, yeah, let me. I I love it, but Dad is I don't also know.
2: retired in gardens a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my mom was just like the biggest hippie that has ever existed in life. So I probably <laughs> I probably would like to hang out with her too. So. And right now, I mean, same. She's retired. She just goofs off all the time, which is probably also why I like to goof off all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ah, it's genetics. Just like our parents, yeah.
0: Yeah. Claire, are you going to hang out with teenage mom or?
1: Well, I know my mom now, like you say. I know my mom.
0: She's listening well, to this right now, too, by the way. She she's is. Gonna, she's going to be listening to this my, my mom is an
1: avid listener. Oh, that's sweet.
0: Um, so you so have to say all should, good put, things. I have
1: to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the text message <laughs> or a phone call. <laughs> wow. no, my mum's not scary. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> um, I'd probably go with Teenage one because my mum sounded a lot like i again like i think me and my mum are very similar and had you know before i moved out of the house it was quite contentious and i mm-hmm. think it's because we have such similar personalities which like you say it's a mother daughter if, if that happens oh just scary but my mum was very much like me like we talked about going to the cinema and she used to go to the cinema all the time with my dad, and she, you know, talk. She was talking about seeing *Towering Inferno* and how the the cinema used to have like double seats. And not to be too sentimental, but it means I could actually properly meet my dad because he died when I was four, so I don't really have any memories. And apparently, he was a bit of a catch. I oh. was a bit of a <laughs> So, I want to see that version of my dad. I, you know. It's kind of like mm. the anti-Back to the Future where Marty McFly's dad's a complete nerd and <laughs> not a catch. Apparently my dad was. So yeah. I want to meet that guy. <laughs> It'd be cool to I be mean, like, what? My parents are
2: cool? Um, that would well, be I mean,
1: That would be so weird, wouldn't it? I mean, oh, can weird. parents ever be cool? I do remember once we got, like when, when I was a teenager, my mum she played taxi for me and my friends and my friends were like oh claire your mom's so cool and she was like see
2: i'm
1: like oh, <laughs> so embarrassing
2: yeah we can never see our parents that way that is just a fact yeah yeah so we have to travel back in yeah. time to change our perspectives yes that is what my book was teaching everybody at the end of the day <gasps> It was. That we I mean, if have if to go
1: back trouble. as ourselves and not do a Freaky Friday. Then I'm fine.
2: Yes.
0: Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> that's bad time travel.
0: Unless but. it's that horror movie version, Freaky with uh, what's the guy? What's the guy who's in that? And it's so good.
2: I don't no. know. I can't. Remember. Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. Hold on. Oh, I can't think of his name, <laughs> and I'm Google. so mad at myself. I Ask the
1: Google.
0: I know. <laughs> um, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is in Freaky, and it's fantastic.
2: Oh, <laughs> I feel like I have a vague memory of this movie. It's,
0: you know, it's it's like comedy horror, and he's he's a murderer. He's like an escaped murderer, and then they Freaky Friday, and then he's a teenage girl on the inside. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So if I
2: wrote a horror movie, it would be a comedy horror for That's sure. so great. Yes. I love yeah. it. Love it. Like I like liked um, uh, Cabin in the Woods, you know, like that yes. kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Although that
2: movie took a turn where I was like this is really like crazy violent.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, it was <laughs> uh, so good though.
2: Yeah, it was really good. And I'm really excited to watch um, The Blackening. That's going to be, have you seen that trailer? No, no. Oh, it's um, it's like a co- comedy horror about like a group of black friends, and this is important. Um, and they in this cabin, they go to this cabin in the woods, essentially, and they discover like an, a board game that is like um, it's like a racist, you know, some kind of slavery era horrible game, and um, they're forced to play, and they have to, they have to choose the blackest of them as the one that either gets killed or anyways they're being hunted down by some crazy person making them play this horrible racist game oh fantastic and it sounds it's like, like
1: jumanji you know, mixed with jigsaw with like with with, with jigsaw with
2: at home. <laughs> yeah. oh i don't know but I, I, it's like definitely a, a comedy horror and i'm oh, excited to watch that, that. sounds so fun <laughs> i have the trailer ready to go I will watch after we finish talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's out yet, but the trailer is out, so you can see the trailer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it comes out for us like in the summertime, so I'll have oh, okay. to watch that. Have to watch that. Oh, okay. Um, so I think that that's smart. all of that's all of our questions. It's all of our non-spoilery Yay. questions, except for the fact that we have to ask you to come back and talk to us about this book in all of its spoilery glory. I would be happy to. Fantastic. Yeah. We got to give people it. a little bit of time to read it, though, before we, you know, yes. completely spoil it for everyone. So. Yes, yes,
1: totally. We'll don't like to ruin lives. No. Just to no. inject the spoilers into them at appropriate time. There are right. definitely yeah. things that can be spoiled in this book.
0: Okay. <sighs> oh, so excited. Oh, Okay. Um, so tell us, tell everyone anything else that you're excited about. It doesn't have to be book related, anything that you're excited about. And also tell us where to find you on social media.
2: Um, well, I am excited for this book to come out and I'm going to do a few events. Um, I have an LA launch, New York and Chicago events. Mm -hmm. So if you're in any of those cities, please come and see me. I'm going to a few book festivals, LA Times and Y'all West here and the Bay Area Book Festival in the Bay Area, which is Northern California. Um, and you can find me on social media, at Maureen Goo at everywhere. So Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, I have started the TikTok. Bear with me, I'm figuring it out. It's pretty fun though. Um, and can I talk about anything else? No, everything else will be, like, to be unveiled. Okay. And one yes. of those
0: to be unveiled is your upcoming horror book.
2: That yeah. <laughs> we are just You're speaking.
0: got to tell my editor that I'm writing this horror book for her. Yeah. You're speaking this into being right now.
1: Manifesting, manifesting, manifesting.
0: Works two terrible. out of three times. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much for joining yes. us. We can't wait oh, to read you. Throwback. It comes out April 11th. It's so soon. And we're very, very excited about it. And we're excited for you oh, already... and your upcoming horror novel to be. <laughs> thank you. had so much fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um Oh, I'm just gonna wrap this up. So that's it for this super special mini bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Claire. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no ER. If you liked this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.